Finally, what you've been waiting for, the 2008 Boston Celtics win a championship. We talk about the finals over the Los Angeles Lakers. Now on this Monday, Locked On Celtics, Millers. Let's go. Rainy days back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. John Corrales here of MassLive.com saying thank you once again for making this show part of your daily routine. It's a new week, and we're diving into the 2008 NBA Finals, the championship. KG, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, get their rings, get their title. It's brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use your promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off. The most delicious protein bar on the market. You get all the protein you want, not a ton of calories, no extra carbs or sugars. I'm not even going to go into any more introduction. You just want to hear us talk about the championship, the finals, the Lakers. So it's me, it's Chuck McKenney, it's Mike Dynan, both of RedsArmy.com. The uh, Celtics facing Kobe and and the uh, the Lakers. This is the rivalry renewed. The Lakers are... Um, the best team in the West, but 57-win team uh, as compared to the 66-win Celtics. Uh, I so- recall – sorry to barge into your con- into mm-hmm. your um, introduction but, there, John. But I do recall, and this could have been a Reds Army post, but there being a ridiculous number of like ESPN experts, analysts, picking the Lakers over the Celtics in this series, which I think just pissed me off. Um, <laughs> You know, I just felt like they were slighted and it was obscene considering that the Celtics were 66 and 16, like you said. But there was just so much love for Kobe, um, so much adoration to the point of, you know, he was almost overrated, if that's, you know, impossible. But um, and I don't know what the odds were going into that series. I'd have to look that up, like who Vegas had. Probably, you know, the Celtics had home court. But I want to say um, the experts, quote unquote, had L.A. Most of them had L.A. But anyway, yeah, I, think I, I remember that. I, I seem to recall the same thing, Chuck. You know, just Thanks, to back man. you up there. Just to back you up. Uh, so in game one, the Celtics um, are, uh, you know, going along. They're, they're on their way to a win. But the uh, the key moment in Game One was Paul Pierce falling into Kendrick Perkins and feeling like you know he had a pop in his knee. This is the quote unquote wheelchair game. This is so Pierce goes down. It looks awkward. Um, everyone in Boston is shitting themselves because. The the cursed the cursed Celtics for some reason. Right. Like, this is like like I can't believe that we were strung along to this point 
we're right <laughs> at the climax and they give Paul Pierce, like they tear Paul Pierce's ACL. Like that's my feeling right there. Cause the way he's going down, he hurt something happened and he hurt his, his knee and he, I don't know what it was, but anyway, so they bring out the wheelchair. It's not like Paul Pierce called for the wheelchair. Um, whatever he was feeling, he was feeling, but they brought out the wheelchair and they, they brought him back and he comes out. Now the Boston side of this is here comes Pierce dramatic re-entry into the game running out. Oh my God. It's not a torn ACL. He's back. He's just got a sleeve on his knee. Oh my God. This is amazing. Now other people, because now we're in 2008 and you know, the assholes start to get a little more magnified. They're like, Oh, Pierce was being dramatic. Like in game one of an NBA finals game, Pierce is like, Hey, watch this. Let me call out for the wheelchair. (laughs) Wait, wait till they see what I do. Like, like if, as if he didn't want to like pop right back up and get right back into the game, whatever he was feeling, he was feeling in his knee. It was a sprained knee, but it, it really wasn't as bad as they initially thought. You know, a big part of that was Phil Jackson. He's a wise ass, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, after the game, I, I can distinctly remember it him being interviewed about that and he was like being sarcastic and smarmy and making fun of Pierce for being in a wheelchair, you know, like he was not buying that Pierce was really hurt because Pierce then came back in and ripped his team a new one. And, uh, you know, so Phil was condescending and like he always is. And, um, I think that, added to you know like got people's attention made more out of it than it was on the negative side and uh that is to this day why pierce gets grief about the wheelchair yeah and it's you're right and it's just something that every that everybody ran with and um there have even been just dumber sort of conspiracy takes on you know why pierce needed that wheelchair and what what happened and you know things that i won't even dignify with with details um they're just so stupid but i can say without a doubt that if it kobe had gone down with an ankle or a knee and 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 something like that had happened he would have been treated like a goddamn uh, you know warrior had he come back onto the court so you know was the wheelchair probably overkill yes but it's just one of those silly things that people overreact to. Um, that had it happened to their guy, they would they would they would be saying the, you know, they'd be saying this, the same thing. My recollection more than the wheelchair is obviously him getting hurt and being scared, but seeing him come back and hit a couple three point, I think it was a couple three point bombs or some jump shots in that third quarter to kind of ease my, ease my concerns. Um, but even after this game, my, my worry was, okay, well, he may be playing on adrenaline. There could still be something wrong with that knee, you know, that it could lock up on him and we might not see him, um, for game two or, or he could be hindered. So I didn't, I didn't feel like we were, we were completely out of the woods, um, with, with that knee. Well, he did play in game two. 
Uh, yeah, no, I mean, but I'm in that moment, like right, after yes. game one, I was like, oh, shit, I hope he's going to be okay for game two. Uh, he turned out to be fine, but the, the paranoia within me was still, I hope he's okay. Um, we got because sure. we have, we're going to need him to win this win this series. You are locked on Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It doesn't matter if you're trying to lose weight, add muscle. Whatever it is nutritionally that you're trying to do, you can blow it by eating the wrong thing. And generally speaking, anything in a bar form can be really problematic. Built Bar is different. Built Bar has protein, just like a protein bar should. It tastes delicious. It's covered in chocolate, but you don't get a ton of calories. You're not screwing up your workout by adding a bunch of calories that you just burned. All of their bars are like 200 calories or less. You're going to get 20 grams of protein, somewhere around that, 17, 15, somewhere in there, all the protein you need for your day, for your body, for your workout. And you're going to get it with no extra carbs, with no extra sugars. Look at the labels. Those numbers are really low, especially when you compare them to the other protein bars. The other protein bars have fancy names and they sound healthier Look at the label. Go to BuiltBar.com. They put the labels up there so you can compare. You want a protein bar. You want protein. You don't want anything extra in there. Built Bar is the only one that's going to give you the protein without the extra stuff. It's also going to give you $10 off your first order with the promo code Locked On. So you have to take advantage of this deal. I have done it myself. Not only did they send me the free stuff because I'm promoting their stuff. Yeah, of course. But then... I went and bought two more boxes myself that I've been tearing through. And when those are gone, I'm going to go back and buy more because I really do like the Built Bars. They're really good. I've been crushing these peanut butter ones. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. Promo code LOCKEDON gets you $10 off your first order. And so he did come back in game two. And Phil Jackson's smarminess came back in game two as well because the story of game two from a Boston perspective was Leon Poe coming in and scoring 21 points. And, you know, he had back-to-back dunks at the end of the third quarter that really kind of highlighted uh, a win. Celtics won game two, 108-102. After the game, Phil Jackson repeatedly referred to him as Leon Powell. And just... I mean, he obviously knew what his name was, but he just couldn't resist calling him by something other than his actual name because that was Phil and Phil was trying to like be dismissive of being destroyed by Leon Poe, who really didn't play a a ton that season. Yeah, well, Phil, you know, Phil wasn't used to losing, right? And... That was the first time I believe that he had faced the Celtics in a playoff. And, uh, so he didn't like it. He has, he had that, uh, that personality where he would be that way. He wasn't a good loser, I guess. 
I mean, Paul was awesome in that. I remember him having, I think it was the big second quarter, right? Um, but my God, he was even better than I imagined. He finished with 21 points. He was the Celtics second leading scorer. Six, six for seven. Oh, I think, and I think, um, maybe Phil was bitchy about the free throws because, um, Paul was, if I'm reading this correctly, nine for 13 from the free throw line. Yeah. 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 Well, he kept going to the basket. Yeah, he kept right? attacking. He kept attacking. So he yeah. took he took more free throws than the entire Lakers team. Yes, that's why that's why Phil that's was why, all bitchy yes. because well, because Leon played with intensity and determination, and Phil's entire team didn't. That's why. He was uh, the, those that's right, and those two dunks that John mentioned, at least one of them was a coast to coast. He just took the ball up the court, and nobody got in his way, and he rammed it. And you know whose fault is that, Phil? Yeah, that's true. Uh, the Lakers did make it interesting, though. Uh, the Celtics blew a 24-point lead in the fourth quarter, and it was just down to two in the closing seconds. So the the, the Celtics almost blew that game. They kind of relaxed, and they almost blew that game. So from a Lakers perspective, you have them kind of needing to make a big comeback, and you know you're you're getting destroyed at the line. The Celtics made uh, 27 free throws to the late. They took 38. They were 27 to 38. The Lakers yeah. were 10 of 10. And so I'm sure if there's any Lakers fans that listen to this podcast, they'll be like, well, it's hard. It's hard for you to beat seven guys or eight guys when you're out there. So, you know, they, they cut the lead to two, but the Celtics had a 17 point advantage from the line. And so they were kind of, given that game. Well, guess who took 12 more free throws in game three? Guess which team <laughs> went to the line uh, for 34 times in game three? So maybe the officials heard some of Phil's bitching and returned the favor. Um, I don't have a lot of memories of game three, exactly uh, how it played out, but um, the Lakers went to the free throw line and, um, that would seem to be a fairly significant uh, discrepancy in, in this game. So we're not apologizing for it. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul was two. Paul was two for fourteen in Game Three. So if you want to look at, didn't look like the Celtics were making many many shots. They they shot thirty five percent. Paul shot two for fourteen. So they not they don't win many games um, when Pierce is two for fourteen. No, that that was just uh that was that was a, a really poor just a, just a poor shooting night for um for the Celtics. Now you have to you have to look excuse me you have to look real quick though at um you know the Lakers are desperate they were the desperate team then yep they would have been swept if they had lost that game and they knew that this was their one chance to get back in the series and they had to have it and they were at home so yeah they put forth the best game that they had in that series that yeah it definitely was that definitely was their best game uh game four. Oh, game four i love game four <laughs> <laughs> really do really do <laughs> uh really not much to talk about game four let's go to game five <laughs> no <laughs> no we're gonna talk about game four <laughs> Uh, so the Lakers, oh, the Lakers storm out to a huge lead. 
the biggest first first quarter lead in NBA Finals history. And they led, they just carried that through into the third quarter by leading uh, and led by up to 24 points. Then the Celtics just went nuts. A 21-3 run to end the quarter. And then uh, a back-and-forth fourth quarter until Eddie House comes in and drills a three. And it was capped off by Ray Allen blowing by Sasha Vujicic. And the Celtics <laughs> pull off an amazing comeback and a series-changing comeback because now instead of going back to Boston, uh, actually no, this was this was a this was a uh, this was still two three two time. Yeah, it was. Yep. Yep. So this is a this is a a monster win for the Celtics because and I hate two three two. I hate two three two. Because that just takes away. I, I don't think that gives the home team uh, the the home court advantage uh, justice. So by winning that game, they they end up losing Game Five. Uh, they still come out of L.A. with uh, with a series lead. But so that after that first quarter, I mean, that was just like, oh boy. <laughs> I really was not feeling good about things there. Um, but that comeback, uh, just watching them chip away that when Eddie house hit that three, Oh man. I mean, I don't even remember where I was, but I, I, I do remember losing my shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was, there is no bigger win than, than, than beating, it was the biggest finals comeback in history, I believe. Uh, single game. Um, it was in LA. You know, the Lakers race out to that 21 point lead. You're immediately, you know, Staples is nuts. And I think the feeling is, oh, wow, you know, it's 2 2. We got ourselves a series here. Um, but, you know, uh, Eddie House and Posey were so – they were just fantastic, right? They combined they were 6-4-12 on three-pointers in this game. They were they were fantastic, huge part of this that comeback. Um, and not only did you have, you know, the comeback on the road, um, but it was – Vujicic was never one of my – Oh no! I, I there, was a, there was always something about him that rubbed me the wrong. He was a whiny. Yes. He had a he had a, a, a little um, Matthew Della Vadova to him, although he was not <laughs> nowhere near as tough as as tough as uh, Deli. Uh, but he had this, and he had like you know he had some like his whiny face was like Danny Ainge's whiny face. It was just really good, um, <laughs> and it was very like punchable. Um, just see that final play where Ray blows past him and Vujicic just turns and it's almost like an Olay. You go right to the hoop and he's looking at Gasol who doesn't come over and help. And then he goes to the bench and he just is fighting back. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just haven't, I've watched that replay a gazillion times and I still, it still feels so magical. It's just so, <laughs> just so magical, you know, and, and part of this, and I know the Celtics go on to, to crush the Lakers in game six, but, 
But to have this sort of comeback in um, in L.A. in, in the finals, it, it, I mean, it doesn't compare at all. It's a completely different animal to like the 04 Red Sox. But when you're able to um, stage a huge comeback that has sort of historical significance against uh, a bitter rival, I think it. It just carries a little extra weight. Like, I'll, I'll always love this game. And it was at the moment I knew the Celtics were going to be champions. After yeah. this game, you knew they were going to be champions. Um, and a little, um, just a little postscript to the Vujicic thing is uh, the way someone was coming over to set a pick for Ray, and Ray just said, waved him off. No. Yeah. Look yeah, who yeah, I yeah. got on me. You know? Yeah. And he, he just, right by him. That was a beautiful moment. I'll just leave it at that. It was a beautiful moment uh, for all the reasons you said, Chuck. Vujicic on the bench, just like sobbing, like you could see his red face. I mean, just he—he's one of like the most hateable players in the league. Follow us on our social channels at lo Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. How do you learn new things? By reading. But who has time to read a ton of books? You need like a secret weapon. Something like Blinkist, which is really unique and works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. This is going to give you access to thousands of nonfiction books, but not for you to read through thousands of books. It condenses them down to just 15 minutes that you can not only read, you can listen to them as well. You can be like all the successful business leaders and all the people like Brad Stevens, who you know reads a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you. You want to get the main point of a book quickly, so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, it's very easy to to listen to, kind of like this podcast. You can finish it during a commute, a lunch break, while you work out, go for a run, exercise, whatever it is that you're doing. You can be like the 12 million people who are using Blinkist right now and their massive, growing library from self-help books to business, health, history books. It even has the latest titles from bestseller lists as well as those classic nonfiction titles that you've always meant to read but you've never had time to. Like I've told you guys before, I loaded up on Blinkist when I took a big long drive recently and I tore through a lot, a lot more than I would have done if it was just a regular book on tape. With Blinkist, you can get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, everything that you want for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash NBA. To start your free seven-day trial, and you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up with Blinkist.com slash NBA. Uh, so the Celtics lose game five, and there's nothing really to talk about there. I couldn't tell you one thing that happened in that game. <laughs> <laughs> I probably didn't even watch it. <laughs> um, uh, I can tell you that Paul Pierce had 38 and 8 in this game, 38 points and uh, 8 assists in this game. Uh, wow, it was it was a <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, a a big game, but you know it, look, it was a close game. The, the Celtics 
only lost this by five points. They almost they almost won this series in uh, in Los Angeles, uh, but they they really didn't get enough out of anybody else. Uh, but so the Celtics still up three two. This is now because it's it's two three two. Now the Celtics are going home with two chances to win one game at home. And they didn't need two chances. They just needed the one. Because game six end up ends up being the blowout of blowouts. Now early on in this game, it's it's might be forgotten that it really didn't go well at the beginning of the game. That the Celtics did come out of the first quarter with a four point lead, but it didn't feel like it was uh, comfortable. There was just, it, it, nothing felt good until they whipped off this 34 to 15 uh, second quarter. And if I recall correctly, even that didn't come until a run late in the second quarter. Yeah. 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 The, there was early on, as you said, they were not making their shots for very well. And, uh, the Lakers are hanging in. It was a close game. And I, I remember, um, Kobe took a three that was, uh, as the shot clock was ready to expire. And it was like three quarters of the way in and it spun out. And I got scared then because I was afraid that this was going to like, God, what if that went in? Come on, we got to get get going here. And then right after that was this huge burst that they had uh, that just blew the doors off. And by halftime, you really thought this is happening. Yes, gotcha. Right, and it's the, and it's again, it's Posey and House chipping. They had they combined for thirteen points in that second quarter. I mean, they were just. The Celtics had bench guys contributing each and every game. Um, and then, yeah, I think between the energy of the building and the fact that the Celtics were up by whatever it was, 13 or 15 going into the half. Um, no, he was even, it was 20 18. something. Yeah. So, um, and then another, like, another fantastic part of this series was watching the Lakers quit because the Lakers did quit. I mean, you want to give the Celtics all the credit in the world for um, really making the Lakers submit. But it, it is it is still kind of like just the embarrassment of this game and just watching Phil Jackson kind of having to coach it out. And even, you know, Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul. Um, he's he's he'll always be one of the Lakers. I I really hated the most. A lot of respect for the guy, obviously, but. But on the court as a Celtics fan, you know, and I'll give him some credit in this game because I think he played, you know, he could have easily sat on the bench the whole fourth quarter. Um, and he didn't, and he didn't do that. He, I mean, he played even six, half of the fourth quarter and he could have just sat out the whole, the whole thing. Um, because the Celtics were, were well, well on their way, but watching the Lakers quit and, um, I'll just never remember like that sort of euphoria, the garden, um, just going crazy. And it's almost like just waiting for while you're enjoying every moment of it, 
and almost not wanting to it to end. You're still like, I just still wanted it to. I wanted to see that that sort of moment with the trophy being being handed over. So it's this weird sort of like, I don't want this to end, but hurry up and give me the damn trophy. <laughs> I've been waiting so goddamn long. Like I'm enjoying pummeling my rival, watching them suffer these quitting, you know, dogs. And, um, but hurry up and give me the trophy. It was just, it was just such a whirlwind. Every, like, everything uh, you said, Chuck, everything you said, it, it was the dream game for any Celtics fan. Not only do you win, but you beat the Lakers and you destroy them, you know? And let me correct myself. They were up 23 at the half, the Celtics were, and they never looked back. And in the fourth quarter, Ray Allen hit four three-pointers. I remember every time he got the ball, he just shot it and bang. And before that game, you know, I was a little nervous about uh, how that game was going to play out because the uh, schedule was a little weird That um, with the 2-3-2. They played game f- five on a Friday night in L.A., and then game six was on a Sunday night in Boston. And so they had a quick turnaround after having to fly across the country. And if you remember, um, Ray Allen's kid had some uh, asthma, I think, or some breathing problems. Diabetes. So he ended up in the hospital. I think it's diabetes. Childhood oh, well, diabetes. okay. Okay. All right. I wasn't remembering the, the malady, but, um, but yeah, his he, son ended up in the hospital. And uh, I was thinking, well, I hope he's okay, but you know, how distracting is this going to be? And I was imagining all the worst case scenarios just because they were so close. They were right there at the precipice of it. One more win and they get the trophy. And after that first quarter, it could not have gone any better than it did. No, Rondo had a, a just awesome game. 21 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, six steals. Celtics had 18 steals, which was a finals record. Uh, they only turned the ball over seven times. Ray Allen, his seven three-pointers at that point was a finals record, which he later broke. Um, and he broke it uh, in, in 2010, uh, which we'll get to eventually. Uh, it was just this was this was everything you wanted it to be. You want it's just to reiterate what Chuck said. It was a monster win over your rivals at home to win a championship. Uh, Doc Rivers, I think one of the cool things that he did was the way he subbed people out at the end of games. He allowed guys to come off the floor and get their ovations. Like Rondo came out first and he got a big ovation. And then he, he, you know, out of a timeout with the Celtics up a ton. As soon as the play started, he called in the guys to get Pierce and Garnett and Ray Allen uh, out of the game. So they got their their moments. And then the Celtics finally, they win Banner 17. Paul Pierce dumps the Gatorade on, <laughs> on Doc Rivers, which is an insane thing to do at a basketball game. With <laughs> And play was still going on at that point. Like, he dumps a bucket of Gatorade. There's Gatorade all over the floor. Yeah. Um, But Pierce, I mean, Garnett kisses the leprechaun. He loses his mind. 
he has that interview with Michelle Tafoya where he screams, anything is possible. But not only is he saying anything is possible and shouting out Minnesota, like he goes on these long, this, you know, I made it ma, like that whole thing. My favorite part is in the middle of all of that craziness, he turns to Michelle Tafoya and says, Michelle, you're looking good tonight. Uh, <laughs> which is just it's just wild a wild thing for him to do in the, in that moment um so the anything is possible sticks out kissing the leprechaun sticks out the gatorade sticks out and the other thing that really sticks out is paul pierce getting the nba finals uh mvp trophy climbing up on that rickety card table that they set up and holding that trophy above his head and pumping it. But yeah. not only is he like reveling in that moment, and this completes the turnaround for Paul Pierce in Boston, there are like three staffers desperately holding that table together as he's doing this because there is absolutely no world where someone was supposed to be allowed to stand on that thing, much less a six, seven, 240 pound guy who's pumping this thing over his head. Um, it was just one of the most surreal moments there. Uh, and a lot of fun. Uh, and it was also awesome to see Bill Russell kind of in that mix as well. I think, um, yeah, everything you said, plus, um, there was an exchange between Russ and KG, right? Where, uh, and you could hear the audio where they're hugging each other and KG's, I think KG's saying, I, I got mine. I finally got mine. Um, and obviously, you know, cause Russell had all, all the championships and, you know, KG was, was, was always seeking that, that ring. But I, I remember that, that exchange and just hearing KG, uh, say that, that had to just be a, just a remarkable moment. Um, and it's funny, like when there's that, there's that photo of doc with this victory cigar. And I think it might be in the garden or sometimes you see it, um, on Comcast when they're interviewing Stevens or something in the pregames. Um, but he has that, you know, he's still wearing that red stains, that red Gatorade stained shirt, yeah. you know, several hours later and all the photos and stuff. And I can just imagine him thinking, like, God damn it, Paul, I'm still sticky because of you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so many, so many of those moments, those, just those iconic images, um, just, just un, unbelievable uh i mean it's so much fun to read to, to just to relive them all i mean we we see it and uh we see them all the time but you know talking through it again it's like oh man i'm getting i'm getting choked up that's what i'm, that's what I'm saying <laughs> uh, yeah this is uh i mean this is this is the moment like finally we get to see the culmination of danny just plan it it comes together. The the Doc Rivers, you know, the fire Doc stuff goes away. <laughs> Everything, all the craziness of the decade leading up to this, the previous decade leading up to this, I, I hope that people take away from this series of podcasts. Like when you when when the Celtics finally get to two thousand eight and win. Like, 
people will will you know especially outside of Boston will say you know why why do they why do the 2008 Celtics why are they talked about so much like what but like that's that's the only championship that so many Celtics fans know and even those of us who have seen other ones firsthand that championship is the first championship after the worst period in team history, this extended drought that has obviously it's claimed lives. It's, it's claimed careers. It's, it's been fraught with just some of the most horrible basketball decisions you're ever going to see. And that pre 2008 uh, era in Celtics history was just so horrible. The 2008 finally felt so satisfying. And now I think we all understand that it's, I mean, it's always hard to win a championship, but the rules now that it, you get like these two or three year windows to like contend. And then after that, things change in a hurry with the structure of contracts and the length of contracts and the, how punitive the luxury tax is and who knows what's going to happen after this hiatus. But now you've got like short windows, even like the warriors had a short window and you know, a couple of injuries and then that all goes away. Now their window could probably reopen, but like teams don't have huge windows now. So the post 2008 and, and you know, we're going to get to the, the, the end of the big three era, but post 2008, you realize like a couple of things go wrong as they did like injury wise. And then you financially, you're like, well, these guys aged out. We got to start over again. And that takes a certain amount of time. And if, if some things don't work out the way you think, then you get set. It sets you back another two, three years and you got to, it's, it's like running uphill in sand. It's just very, very difficult nowadays and immensely more difficult than it was in a lot of these other championship eras in Celtics history. So 2008 is an especially satisfying championship in Boston. Yeah, we, um, we had waited forever. It seemed like, and, then the next couple of years, we really should have and could have had uh, another one or two trophies. And, you know, so to your point, it's it's very difficult to win and it can all change in a minute. And anything, anything is possible in a good way and in a bad way, too. And that's what happened the next couple of years. I mean, I agree with everything you're saying, but I still reserve my right to be impatient and critical of management. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't think they should be progressing like I want them to. <laughs> well, can't help, can't help it. That's you, the beauty of being a fan. You got to stay on brand, Chuck. <laughs> At this point in Celtics history, we are very, very excited. The Celtics just put this group together and they tore off a championship run. Now we get into 2009 and 2010 and things don't quite go the way Celtics fans want 
and injuries derail what many people believe could have been a three-peat. Now, obviously, that's part of it. We saw it with the last NBA Finals. Guys get hurt. The Toronto Raptors are a champion. No one's going to take that away. But you look at KD and Klay Thompson getting hurt, and you wonder, what would have happened? And Warriors fans can sit there and say, like, well, we would have we would have won if that didn't happen. And Toronto fans will be like, well, you didn't, so sorry. And that that's what happens with Celtics and Lakers fans, and that's going to be part of the discussion as we continue. So continue to subscribe if you have already. If you haven't, please subscribe. Follow us on Spotify or whatever app you use. Subscribe to the Locked On Celtics podcast. We're going to continue through 2010 and then do this final decade up until right now. And that should carry us through June into what's going to be the return of the NBA. So it's going to work out very nicely. We're going to slide right into the return of the NBA. So do that and also go to BuiltBar.com. Get yourself a box or more of the best tasting protein bar on the market and get it for $10 off when you use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Now, go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Rejecting the Screen.